Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard Hurt starting over by the describers yet, but yo. That's my joy. joy. What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's Nate, a.k.a. Noah Snyder John, a.k.a. A goodness gracious, Nate Balls of Fire, rest in peace, killer, a.k.a. Nate 3.0, back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, Tim Hildebrand and Brittany Luna from the band Catbite join me to talk about ska music, their band, and the soundtrack to Disney's Tarzan. Oh boy, do we talk about the soundtrack to Disney's Tarzan. And that's coming up in a minute. But first, folks, what is up with the what's up? How we living, gang? Happy Halloween! I hope you ghouls and ghosts have had yourself or are having yourselves a spooktacular good time this All Hallows Eve, depending on when you are listening to this. I myself haunted it up Saturday night at McAllister's Brewing in North Wales on the ones and twos DJing their trick-or-treat festivities. And then on Sunday, it was the final patio show of the 2022 Tex-Mex Patio Series, featuring yours truly and my good buddy Scott Miller closing things out. Fantastic good time, as always. And that performance is still up on the Yo That's My John Facebook page if you want to check it out. And if you saw this weekend or you checked out the socials, you will know that your boy was dripped head to toe dressed as Weird Al Yankovic. Man, Weird Al was a god to me growing up and was an enormous influence early on in the music I wanted to make. You know, I got my start writing parody songs long before I ever knew how to play any instrument whatsoever. I feel like it was that foundation that taught me song structure. So it was great to dress up like him and play some songs both in my DJ set and live on the patio to show my respects. So you can check that out on the Facebook page. And if you aren't already, follow the socials at Yo That's My John. Jump on the mailing list. Don't miss out on any of the fun. But the big news in town is that the Philadelphia Phillies are in the world fucking series, my guys. Yes, the Phils are coming home after splitting the first two games in Houston, and I am hype as fuck. This team has something special. I don't know how to explain it, but just like the 08 team or that Eagles team in 17 that took us to our first Super Bowl victory, the current iteration of the Phils feels like a capital T team. It's electrifying, and they're electrifying to watch. But the craziest thing to me in all of this, more so than the way that they got into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth and trampled not one, not two, but three teams that were all supposed to have sent them packing, the most insane thing of all to me is that somehow the team anthem is dancing on my fucking own. And to my Boston friends who are about to start this, well, Nate, actually, okay, just cool it. Schwarbs brought it to us when we signed him, so sit all the way down with that. Yes, the song that most signifies the meteoric run that the Phils are on is the Tiesto remix of Callum Scott's 2018 cover of Robin's Dancing on My Own. 
And if you've been with us here on the Yo That's My John feed since the very beginning, you will know that not only am I an enormous stand for the original Robin version, you will also know that the very first piece that I ever wrote for the Yo That's My John website, and one of the reasons this whole endeavor exists, centers around that song. So today, in honor of the Phillies World Series run, I would like to share with you an excerpt from that article. This is the opening section and narrative retelling of my interpretation of the lyrics of the song. And if you dig this, please be sure to check out the full article entitled Robin, the Saddest Girl to Ever Hold a Martini, featured right now on the front page of the Yo That's My John website at www.yothatsmyjohn.com. Well, without further ado, here it is. Enjoy! You've suspected it for a while, since he stopped calling. Since the every late night text became the weekend late night text, became the sporadic late night text, became the non-existent late night text. You've suspected it for a while, yet you refuse to indulge the thoughts. You've suspected it, but now you know it's true. He's found someone new. Are they dating? Exclusive? Just friends? Have they kissed? Have they? You can't turn your brain off. Not ever since Stacy told you she saw them together at Roger's party. Rogers, where you met him. That pit in your stomach grows with every horrible thought ping-ponging around your head about the two of them together. Does he hold her like he held you? Make her feel every bit as special as he made you feel? Why? Why does she deserve that? Does she love him? Can she love him better than you can? Is that even possible? You have a pretty good idea where he's going to be tonight. It's Saturday. Everybody and their mother will be at Sanchez's. That place has been the go-to spot ever since DJ Steppo started his residency there last month. I bet she'll be with him, you tell yourself. Of course she will. If you were in her shoes, you would be. You were, not so long ago. You should go. To see it for yourself. Just one drink. One drink. Confirm all of your nightmares are a reality, and then you'll leave. Just one drink. The minute you walk through the door, a perfect storm of sadness, regret, and fear come cascading over you like a waterfall made up of the bad idea it was to come here tonight. And as much as you lied to yourself that maybe they won't be here, as the bouncer scans your ID, that false promise of a reprieve is immediately destroyed by the sight of the two of them at the bar. He notices you and smiles. And you smile back as if to prove that you're cool with this. So cool with this. Cool with them. Cool with it all. Cool. Everything is cool. You're cool. The coolest. You notice that she's gotten up to go to the bathroom, and after a second or two, so as to not appear like you were waiting for your moment to strike, of course, you approach the bar and use the empty spot next to him to order your drink from the bartender. She's so pretty, you say, unable to swallow any of the bitterness and contempt overwhelming your core in this moment. You guys look really cute together. As those words leave your lips, you feel every ounce of dignity vacate your body, leaving behind a sad shell unable to navigate how to process this uncomfortable situation you've created for yourself. Thanks. Sorry I didn't text you back the other night. You know, uh, work's been crazy, he says. What the entire fuck ever? Work. He's giving you the work excuse? Your heart wants to go full rage emoji, but you play it off. Silly face emoji. Why are you saying sorry, you goof? It's cool. As you try to continue to play it off, she returns. Hey, do you know Courtney? Courtney, this is Liv. Of course she's a Courtney. Courtney, with her mousy brunette hair and that shirt from Forever 21 that's so last season that it clearly came off the clearance rack, Courtney. Gag emoji. Hey, Court. 
Great to meet you. Well, I'm going to go get my drink and I'm going to get back out on the dance floor. I'll see you crazy kids around. You want to vomit and you want to cry. You want to cry and vomit simultaneously, maybe even cry tears of vomit. But you will not give that man the satisfaction of seeing you hurt. So you drink your one drink and another and one more. And then some guy you used to work with buys you a shot. And of course, you're going to drink that, too, because you are a fun girl. And look what fun he's missing out on with his mousy brunette. And then you find yourself alone on the dance floor in a break between songs when you see it. Them. Kissing. And it feels like a thousand paper cuts eviscerating your heart. And the only way you stop yourself from crying is by laughing uncontrollably. The beat picks back up and you will not show one moment of weakness so you start to dance. Slowly at first, but the more and more you think about the two of them kissing at the bar, the more and more you think about how you thought the two of you had something special. And then the more and more you begin to put your all into it. All of a sudden, it's you and the music. The bass drum working like a puppeteer, controlling your every move, spinning you in circles around and around. The rhythm is the only thing holding you together. Every near tear transformed into a move of defiance. Every scream you wish to cry out turned into brute confidence. And you find yourself in a near tribal trance, dancing away the pain. Dancing on your own. We're going to take a short break, but when we return, my interview with Tim and Britt of Catbite. My guests today are two-fourths of the Philly Ska outfit Catbite. Along with Ben Perry and Chris Pyers, they are among the acts like We Are The Union, Kill Lincoln, and Ska Tune Network that are a part of a neo-two-tone ska revival that is ushering in the fourth wave. Through lyrical precision, marvelous melodies, and skanking rhythms, my guests continue to craft infectious musical delights that will no doubt find residency in your head and soul. Their latest split 12-inch with Mike Park entitled Wavebreaker No. 2 features two new recordings from them, including a cover of the Neon Trees 2012 track Everybody Talks, which they have a phenomenal music video out for. And they will be headlining a show on November 11th at the First Unitarian Church in Philadelphia. Folks, it is my honor to welcome to the show Tim Hildebrand and Brittany Luna of the band Catbite. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by Britt and Tim of the great band Catbite. Guys, thank you for joining me here today on Yo, That's My John. Hey, what's yeah. up? Thank Thanks you. for having us. Yeah. So um, I can't remember exactly when I first heard you guys, um, but it was sometime around um, last year when you guys did the uh, when you guys opened for Low Cut Connie. Um, oh, okay. And um, I, I, in my phone, it's so funny because I just found it. Um, I, I opened a tab to your Bandcamp page because I was like, I need to get these guys on this podcast. And now here we are. It's a fulfillment of wishes. So we're here. Almost, it was like almost, almost exactly a year. a year ago. Yeah. Because that That's was what, like October 10th, 15th? Yeah, like mid-October. That's wild. That's wow. wild. But yeah, so yeah, so now here we are. Um, thank you guys for doing this. So um, let's uh, just introduce yourselves to um, these cool cats and kittens and li- that listen to this and uh, tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Okay. Hi, I'm Britt, um, lead singer of Catbite. Um, I am originally from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, what a place. 
beaches, <laughs> strip malls, um, Cuban food. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. The Cuban food is great. Um, yeah, I'm from Florida. I uh, I wasn't born there, but I grew up there. Um, I ended up going to Orlando. I went to a state college there, studied music. Um, then I moved to Philly to finish my degree, and now I'm here. Yeah. Um, I'm Tim. Uh, play guitar and backup vocals in Catbite. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm f- I was born in Texas, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. Moved to Pennsylvania and floated around different parts of Pennsylvania. Uh, and then I moved to Philly when I was like 18 to go to school. And then I dropped out of school and bought a van and have been playing ska since. That's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. It's inc- <laughs> I, so like I, uh, uh, a little, I don't know how, how much the listeners know this or anybody knows this about me, but, um, uh, when I was, when I was a younger man, um, I was in a ska band, um, that I created and we, we never played any shows and we, uh, <laughs> wrote, wrote two or three songs. Um, but we were called Captain Nish and the Piney All-Stars. And, um, so ska holds a, a special little place in my heart. Uh, Hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> when was that? Uh, well, I'm going to date myself, but that was, uh, like 96, 97, I think, okay. something like that. That's so, sick. <laughs> Hell so yeah. A, a few, a few years ago, I guess, <laughs> uh, way back. Um, when you were growing up, uh, what was kind of playing around your house? What were your parents listening to? We'll start with Tim. <laughs> uh, so my mom had three CDs and we would go on crazy long road trips and they would just be on, tr- uh, like on repeat. So, uh, one, Il Divo. Um, Italian acapella boy band. Um, it's insane. Um, it's, it's good, but it might just be because it was just in my head nonstop for like, like we would literally go on vacations to like, uh, like, you know, Northern Maine and like Minnesota and she would be playing these same three CDs over and over and over again. Like my life changed when I was like 15 and got an MP3 player with like, I, you know, I, I carry like 25 songs, which then was just like LimeWire downloading, whatever. But so Il Devo, um, and then she played um, the Tarzan soundtrack, which <laughs> it's so damn good. Um, I like, I mean, we throw it on in the van all the time. Mm-hmm. It's such a good soundtrack. <laughs> it's insane. Um, and then uh, she liked Bon Jovi a lot. And, uh, that was actually my first concert first and second concert right oh and then i also saw elton john but she didn't really play a lot of elton john in the in the car but she played a lot of bon jovi um il divo and tarzan soundtrack so and then my dad just didn't listen to music at all <laughs> he listened to like talk radio um except for this one song he had like this one cd he got at one point i don't know if he was trying to get us like or try, I think it was because we were making fun of him for not listening to music. And uh, I just remember this one song and it was really weird. And I like, can't remember it right now, but it was, yeah, he, my dad just didn't like music. But like then recently he just gave us like all these old A albums. Bunch of sick records. Yeah, like literally every single um, Beatles, album. Beatles and Beatles adjacent record in existence. Like we have a whole tub. I'm like, the fuck like yeah. why, why were you not listening to this and playing this like for us <laughs> uh like i don't know if like 
he's just a collector yeah i think he just likes to collect things but yeah i mean i don't think he cared for listening to the records yeah to collect them yeah so long story short my parents weren't like at all influences in my music <laughs> that's wild um so you know I, I i have to i always like to suggest things to people um you guys could probably do a killer uh tarzan cover i don't know oh which yeah it's, track. it's already been talked about <laughs> it has been talked it has been talked about and um most people most most everyone else in the band shoots it down yeah but there, all right. but tim keeps bringing it up i'm so. not gonna i'm not gonna let this one down there's all right so like if you listen to the soundtrack there's like 20 songs on the thing about 10 of them are like instrumentals and then like the one song is just like four different versions it's like the um it's like the theme of the yeah it's movie. like the like the the one that was the one that was on the radio um uh, but like, let fate decide to God in DC. Yeah, that's like the <laughs> uh, that one. Uh, yeah, it's gonna happen. Like, yeah, at one point, I'm gonna be like, we're doing it, or else I'm deleting the Facebook account or something like that. <laughs> uh, like, that's it. Threats. Yeah, threats I'm work. just gonna threaten the band. One day we're gonna we're gonna do one. So awesome, uh, Britt. How about yourself? What was playing around the house when you were a kid? Um, well, my dad was always like loudly playing like Spanish music or um, or like Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett um, yeah. and just like very loudly. Like we were always getting like neighbors knocking on the door because we, we normally lived in like apartment complexes and be like, your music's re- really too loud. And he would say, <laughs> OK, OK, OK. And then like turn it down just a little bit. Um or, you know, it'd be like, um, what's that one? Besame, besame mucho. Da, 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 I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> Shit like that all the time. Um, and my mom, like, kind of, she listened to music. She really loves the Beatles. Yeah. Like, hardcore Beatles fan. Um, and she likes. She like she would listen to Willie Nelson and like John Cougar Mellencamp, um, but I don't know. It was mostly my dad that was like the musical person in our lives. And then when you know when I was younger and I could start listening to like music on my own, I I went for like Eminem. Um, so shady, bro. Yeah, I remember um, when I was pretty young. I had I burned an, a CD, an M, like eminent, like the the Marshall Mathers LP or something. Like yeah. I burned the CD for my best friend Lauren, and her dad took it because he was like, "You're you can't be listening to this stuff." It's inappropriate. And <laughs> it's inappropriate. And he hid the CD in the Bible. And somehow we found it. We were just like looking through things and we found it in the Bible. It's hilarious. That's great. That's great. I I would love um, you guys to meet Eminem and tell him that story. <laughs> I'd be so yeah. sick. <laughs> I would um, love to. Eminem's He's one of so my cool, one yeah. Of my we were um we actually played it in Detroit about a year ago and we missed the opening of his uh meat, spaghetti. spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. Uh so he had like the grand opening of uh uh Mom or Mama's Mama's meatballs or something. Uh, Mom spaghetti. Oh, Mom. Yeah, spaghetti. it's just called Mom spaghetti, and it's like a spaghetti and meatballs uh, restaurant. And I guess they used to have like pop ups around the city, 
but now they have like an actual brick and mortar building and it's like it was like right ne- near the venue that we played at but it, we missed it by like one day oh, and, no. or, or or was it like the actual yeah i think we missed it by a day yeah um but he was there and like he was serving meatballs uh, could you imagine yeah <laughs> that would have been so crazy yeah we uh my my band one of my bands uh in college we used to always open every set pretending that we were our college's only fill in the blank cover band and uh we uh, we we used to open with lose yourself as uh IUP's only Marshall Mathers cover band called <gasps> Marshall called Marshall Matters and it was like uh, uh but yeah we does I love that That's sick Back in the day, Acura days. Um, so, when what was kind of like the uh, the first uh, music that you kind of found to be your own? Like, what did you? How did you kind of gravitate? What did you gravitate towards? Um, I mean, I my my dad, I and mean, he's like he was the musical person in our family, and like he he had a band. He's from Peru. He had like his own band that was like mildly successful in Peru. And then he came to the States and he was like mildly successful in like the the little um, like Spanish community in like L.A. area, I think. Um, so he he would have my brother and I like start writing our own songs when we were like really young. And, you know, we it w- we didn't really know what style we were doing. We were just like write about like I was like writing about like wish upon a star in the sky my brother wrote a song about my toys are my friends and he just like got us like into just the idea of writing our own songs and then i think when when i started kind of really getting into music myself i think i gravitated towards like pop probably um pop and then like i really got into like um uh emo pop like what what is paramore punk pop, yeah just pop like punk. emo pop punk yeah, yeah. just yeah. like yeah like, I, re- I really got into that like super hard and that was probably like i like identified myself as like pop punk kid mm-hmm. with like the swoopy hair you know mm-hmm. oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um so for me i the first thing I discovered was Lincoln Park, and I latched on so fucking hard to Lin- Lincoln Park. Uh, like that's basically all I listened to from. I mean, minus like what was on MTV or your VH1. Like it, I would actively just listen to Lincoln Park from fifth grade until about eighth or not, maybe eighth grade, and then I just like kept seeing. And then at like eighth grade. Saw this kid in my high school. I was a, it was a very conservative conservative area high school, and like um, not many alternative punk type people at all. Um, and there's this one punk kid, and he kept wearing this anti flag shirt, and I didn't know what it was at all. And like one time, I finally asked him, and he told me it was a band. And this was like right around the era of uh, LimeWire, and so I like instantly just like downloaded that shit and so i went from lincoln park only and then it was like finally discovered like punk rock and like anti-flag and then just like went down the wormhole of like the whole kind of all the like warped tour punk bands and the fat wreck bands and eventually the like the hellcat bands which is that like i i discovered ranted by accident because i was looking up some other screamo band 
uh, and then accidentally downloaded Rancid and then accidentally bought a Rancid CD. And then I was like, Ooh, this is the best thing ever. And then that's, that was the, where Scott just came in. That's where it went, hit. Went, that's that's that, running, yeah. That's wild that your gateway was anti-flag and aren't, aren't you guys opening for them like next we, week or something? So or we literally just played two shows with them this, this past, past this past weekend. Oh. And it was so surreal. Um, like it was also that was the first con the first punk show I ever went to on my own that wasn't um uh Elton John or uh <laughs> or Bon Jovi with my mom. Uh the first show I went to was Anti Flag, uh the Chameleon Club in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And yeah, and then to have them ask our our band to op- open for them for three shows uh this year is just insane Pretty wild and yeah so we did dc on friday um and then their hometown of pittsburgh this past saturday and then um a week and a half from now we'll be playing sayerville new jersey with them again um and like the, the most insane part was like the first show friday in dc we're like playing our set and then like one song in, I just like kind of look over side stage and all four of them are just standing there watching us like super into us. And I'm like, this is like my mind, like exploded like a bunch and then came back and played the set. But um, yeah, that was, that was so cool. It's just insane to think about that. That's killer. That's absolutely killer. <laughs> I, yeah. I I can't imagine what the, what that feeling must be like. Like they're all very very nice people. Very too. nice. Such yeah. a su- supportive band. And like the, one of the coolest things that they said. Um, so a lot of bands, like if you're opening for a bigger band, you especially on a bigger stage, they'll set up their shit, and then you have to set up set up your equipment in front of it because it just it makes more sense logistically, you know, because then you just strike your stuff and their right. stuff, their drums are already ready to go. And so they had their drums set up when we got to DC. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll just have to set up in front and we'll have not much room. We're used to that. And then they just started taking their drums away. I'm like, oh, shit, you guys are striking your drums. I was not expecting that at all. And then um, uh, I forget who it was either Chris, too, or one of their um, crew members was just like, nah, dude, this is your stage, too. And I was like, man, that's like so fucking cool. Like, you don't have to do that at all. There's so like 99% of larger bands are not going to do that. And this is like a band that's been going strong, a, a major big band. Like, you know, they're still a punk band, but like there's a major band. And like for them to do that, to give us the full stage so we can have our stage. And they're like, yo, this is your stage too. It's not, you're not just opening for us. This is your stage. That was like super freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's respect right there. That's, yeah, that's I, I, exactly. I can dig that. I can dig that. So, um, when 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 did you first start playing music? Uh, um, I mean, I I I've been singing since I was a little kid. Like, I would sing with my dad. He would he would. Um, perform in like restaurants or like he would he would like dj at the ramada Inn like pool <laughs> and i would just like go up and sing there so i've been singing since i was really like little um but then i ended up going to school in orlando um i went to like a community college there and started studying music and i um started gigging with this like funk soul band um this guy evan taylor jones who just like it was like his music and he just had like a a full, it was like eight or nine of us. 
in the band. It was pretty sick. It was and, a really good band. <laughs> and he, yeah, yeah, he had really, really awesome music. Um, he's still doing stuff, but not in a different aspect, I think, of music. Um, but anyways, so I started gigging a lot with them, and um, and then I started studying jazz, and I I really wanted to like continue that, and ended up going to Philly to study jazz voice um and then i gigged like a little bit in philly and jazz like doing some gigs in the city um but i've always wanted to like start a band and like be like the front of a band um and it just so happened tim was in looking for uh looking to be in, a, in another band yeah um, so for me, I, I started playing drums or like percussion in school band when I was in fifth grade. Yeah. Fifth grade. But like my mom, she would never let me get lessons. She like made me do band, but wouldn't pay for me to have lessons. So I kind of just like figured it out as I went along until like about, ninth grade was my last year and it was got to the point where I'm like, I can't keep up. Cause like I am, everyone's like, you know, get having, having private lessons and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just feeling it, you know? <laughs> um, and then, so like I did, I just did choir after that just because it was a really easy class. And, um, but that's where I like really got close with my like best, my high school best friend who was the singer of the ska band in my high school and the only band in our high school. Um, and they're called the snails and they were dope. Uh, and like, we became best friends and I was like their manager basically. Cause I couldn't really play anything, but I wanted to be like surrounded. Cause it was like, like I said before, there was like no alternative punk kids at all. So like, these were my people. And so they were a punk ska punk band. And I'm like, I just want to be everything. Want to be like, in the band but i can't really be in the band so i'm gonna be everything i can so i was like you know driving them around printing the shirts for them in my like taking a class on screen printing just so i can make shirts for them and sell them at the gigs and shit and basically being their manager and then um then eventually uh i got grounded for about three months <laughs> uh and so my mom or my yeah i got grounded for my mom because she found out that i had used to smoke weed i I'd, like had quit smoking weed but she found out that i used to and she grounded me until i turned 18 so my like the singer and guitar player of that band the snails he uh gave me like a shitty ass guitar and just wrote down all the chords to all of their songs uh, and so I taught myself how to play guitar basically in about three months of being grounded and then came out of being grounded and joined that band as like the rhythm, rhythm guitar player. Um, so yeah, that was when I was 18. Um, basically I, I learned guitar when I was 18 and I was in that band for about nine years before quitting. And a couple months later started this band cat bite. That's dope. See, it's like, see, gr grounding, good things come from grounding. Uh, <laughs> it fucking sucked, but it, yeah, like, looking back on, like, it, it was, like, so whack because, um, so I got grounded until I turned 18, and, like, so I joined choir because we get to go on these crazy, like, field trips, and that year the field trip was to go on a cruise to the Bahamas, and the day that the, the cruise left was uh, the day before my 18th birthday. No. And I paid for it with all my own money and shit. But because I was still grounded, I wasn't allowed to go on the cruise. 
So like I find like everyone leaves March 27th, uh, 2009 and then the next day March 28th I'm like sick I'm finally free and then all my friends are on a fucking cruise that I paid for that I wasn't even a part didn't even get to go on yeah so it's bogus. It's bogus but but, but then you they got guitar back. out of it yeah I got guitar out of it and yeah there's no way I would have actually like had the time and energy to learn guitar at 18 if I wasn't grounded for having previously smoked weed yeah, sure. Um, how, how so? So within three months' time, you're playing guitar, and then you're 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 joining the band. How long before you start like writing your own songs on guitar? Many years, actually. Yeah. Uh, I so like when I was in the Snails, I was like the rhythm guitar player. Like my friend Todd, he was the songwriter. Like he wrote pretty much everything. Would tell me what to play. Uh, I had like you know, I just that just didn't seem like a thing I could do was like write music. I, I never even like thought about doing it. I was just like, I like being in a band. This band's very good. He's a good songwriter. Tell me what to do. I'll do it. I like performing. Um, and never really kind of thought I'd be able to write songs. And then like, maybe like fast forward six years, five, six years of doing that shit. I kind of, um, I don't know. I started like expanding my musical taste and started listening to other stuff that like seemed a lot more accessible, I guess. Cause like I was pretty much exclusively like, you know, playing and listening to ska, like trad ska and like two tone stuff. Cause we were kind of, we started like as a ska punk band and kind of formed into like a trad ska rock steady band and shit. So but it just didn't seem like something I could write. I got really into bands that were like, like bands like Joyce Manor where it's like super simple and like I'm like I can write stuff like this and I started doing like demos on my computer and like with like just my friends and stuff and I would just save them on my computer under the name Catbite <laughs> uh yes and like I just like wanted needed a name for the artist on my iTunes and that for some reason I just really wanted to start a band um <laughs> uh i don't know they're just the name Catbite came to me one day and i was like this is cool and just like that was just like, in my folders of like un like unfinished demos and like my first bits of writing songs called Catbite, and i just did that for years and years and years as i gained more confidence and then about like five uh no six years ago i guess at this point so like a couple years after that i actually started my first band it was like a punk punk rock band and I like it was called we ended up I wanted to call it Catbite, but the band members didn't want to do that. So um that was like the first time I actually started writing complete songs and which gave me like all this self confidence that like I didn't realize I had. Um and then once that band or once I quit the snails, then I kinda of brought that self confidence to Brit and we're like, yo let's do this. Let's do a ska band. Cause this at the snails had kind of abandoned ska at this point. And like, we really, me and Britt really dug ska like a lot and really wanted to do it. Like a started band together cause she had graduated school and was like, we're like, let's do this. Um, and yeah. How did, how did you, how did you two meet? Um, so when I moved to Philly, I really needed a job. And so I went into Center City and was just like handing out my resume um, all over the place. And I ended up in an insomnia cookies in um, somewhere in Center City. And the, the manager of 
the one on the on Penn University on UPenn's University was in there and he was like hey I need a shift leader like I'll hire you on the spot and so I was like okay great I really need a job so um he hired me there and um and when I got there it was like the manager and like a couple other people were always like oh wait till you meet Tim Tim's really cool. Tim this, Tim that. And and I was like, who the fuck is Tim? Like, cause I was I out on tour people. at the time. Yeah, because he was on tour and all these people are like telling me about some like kid named Tim. Um, and then I actually thought there was this one guy, just like another white guy that came in to work. And I was like, oh, you must be Tim. And he was not. <laughs> I'm Tim. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but then eventually I met him and they were right. Yeah. And we're like, damn, you hot cuz. <laughs> and then, uh, no, it's not how it went because Tim had a girlfriend of like five years at the time. Yeah. So we were just friends. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, like, you quit. And then I broke up with my girlfriend. And then, like, we're like, yo, what's up? <laughs> and then we just, yeah, we started hanging out. And then we became lovers. And then here we are, <laughs> and now we're married, and yeah, yeah, it's so dope. It's yeah. so dope. Um, <laughs> what um, was was when you guys were kind of like Scott was the target, right? Um, were you were you always kind of um, going for the same sound, or was there any thought of doing like a you know uh, like a specific you know third wave or or just in general was it just all the above yeah sure um i yeah because like i guess like when we first started when we first like we're like let's do this it started with me and brit doing just like she was on keys i was on guitar and then both of us did vocals and we just did like kind of a agrilite style version of a little richard song like just and i had like a tambourine in my foot i'm like just kind of like I, I don't know. Like I, I like all, we both like like all the types of ska and like, I was in this trad band for like the longest time. And like, we were basically, you know, we sounded like the slackers or, um, you know, basically we're trying to replicate the sound of like the sixties from Jamaica. And like, I mean, I love that. So that stuff so much, but like you can only, uh, I don't know. I just didn't really want to, be exclusive to anything and like just because i like so much type of music and so does brit mm-hmm. and i don't know maybe it's just like and same my- with, with with ben and chris too. well yeah yeah All, i mean eventually like once we became a full band um everyone had that same thing like we all listen to so much shit and like it just that that's kind of always been the plan is to just write songs and just however the fuck like because most of these songs kind of start out in kind of the same like almost like a rock and roll song and then we kind of just try them out in different styles and like add like ska elements or rock steady elements or reggae elements or just whatever like kind of it feels like yeah whatever like when we well like tim and i will do like a, a skeleton demo type thing and then like we'll all listen to well everyone will send it out to everybody and then like when we come together and practice like you know like practice yeah you know it but we'll have all have time to listen to it and like 
you know, maybe one person got like a two tone kind of feel and like maybe not even the whole song, just like in this section of the song. Yeah. And then like more like, um, I don't know, like stompers kind of feel over here. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's just like we, we like to have it kind of be like genre bending a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, like it definitely helps that like me, uh, Ben and Chris, um, bass and drums, uh, we have all played ska music together for many, many years before Catbite. Um, so, so Ben, our bass player, he was in the Snails with me, and then uh, the Snails were like the backing band for this other guy, another like trad ska band, uh, and then. The drum, our drummer couldn't do it so chris ended up being the drummer for it so it's like the three of us have been playing like trad scott and for a very long time and we've also just like like we were all three of us have been in king Django's band who's like a, a notorious you know stubborn all-stars and like very very big in the um like the the 90s like trad trad scene and stuff and like we all kind of have gone through and like Django boot camp. Django boot camp. And like we know, I guess just like years and years of doing this shit, like we have played it all and like we know our roots. And um so we know how to do that shit, but we don't have to always do it. Like it's like yeah. we just like having all these things in our pocket and then but like having all these things in our pocket that we know well, and then like it it makes it easier to do these types of things because it's like at the same time like chris our drummer he used to literally be in a hardcore band and he's a he's jazz trained and like went to school for music therapy and like also has played in a third wave ska band and a trad ska band and it's like so he has all that shit in his pocket and he's just taking it and i'm like you know i have like trad ska like third wave ska and then like even my power pop band power pop punk band and like all that stuff's just like sitting in my pocket and we just kind of just you know, take what we're good at and just um, apply it to these skeletons of songs. And then we just, I don't know, we, we have such good um, uh, chemistry that it, it usually ends up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Like, and it, and it's super tight too, like, and, and, and perfectly infectious. Um, like, uh, I, I, I will rotate through your songs getting stuck in my head. Um <laughs> like endlessly to the point where and i'll be completely honest i i do a pretty awesome ukulele cover of bad influence um, no hey, so you gotta send a, us a video there yeah i will, yeah, I will. please do <laughs> but that's, um yeah that's dope but yeah it's i mean like it's 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 so awesome like and and you, like i said you guys um live right now are to me are just like firing on all cylinders like you guys just sound so good and so uh spot on but here's a large question for you that does not have an answer to it but uh i'll just kind of pick your brain about why do people hate ska what what why why is there such like a backlight i I will never understand it it makes no sense to me yeah i think i mean i feel like there's slightly less ska hate at this point mm -hmm. but i think people still consider it to be like corny from like you know when it was super popular in the 90s and became like less politically charged music and more about like partying mm -hmm. and you know drinking beer and and 
Hawaiian shirts. I feel like a lot of people, you know, all those guys like resurfacing as something really cool. Again, there's still a lot of people that know it as that and mm-hmm. have maybe not tried to look further into just the surface level of that Scott. Um, yeah. I mean, I think when it all just kind of comes down to ignorance and kind of just like, um, uh, shit, what was that term? Like, uh, sheep, sheep thing. Like, what is that? Cliche? No, sheep thing. Like, uh, a sheep? Like, it's just, it, it, it's just like, ignorance of the genre is, is huge. It's like, you know, people, um, don't, don't know what they're talking about when they say ska. Like so yeah. many people do not know what they're talking about when they say ska. They say, you know, ska is a whitewash. It's like white, like white boy reggae. And Wait, it's people, like, okay, here's, here's a perfect example. When yeah. I went to um, the ear, nose and throat doctor, I was talking to the um, like doctor's assistant and she was like, very interested. I was like, well, I'm a singer. I'm in a band, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, what kind of band? What's the kind of music? And I'm like, ska. And she's like, what is that? So I'm like trying to explain it to her. And then she, first thing she says, she goes, so like reggaeton? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, not quite. But like people just like, some people just really have no idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. No idea. Like, like, I guarantee that every person that says ska sucks has has no idea that this genre has been around since the 60s. Right. Since like the late 50s on it like you 100%. know with boogie woogie and stuff like that. Like it's 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 people know ska from MTV for a couple of years in the 90s and or like they don't even know about that but they know of the reputation that it caused and yeah. gave this and it's just like um it, it it's just like yeah it's just pure ignorance and um but like Britt was saying, I think a lot of that is changing. Um, I think it also just has a lot to do with um, just the like political climate and stuff, and like where we're at as a as a world and country. I mean, right? I mean, it's always like if you think about it internationally, like ska is the biggest genre in Central America and Mexico and fucking Japan. Like Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra was on the olympics this year last year um so it's it's more of a like an american thing probably like american and like western uh, europe thing um that kind of think of it as that because it's just a a different political climate like we just like it was it was popular in the 90s and then there's kind of the bush thing and like the the tone of of politics changed and no one was no one wanted goofy music, yeah. goofy music. And that's what like right. everyone associated Scott to. Yeah. And it's like, I do not want to associate that. I want early 2000s emo, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which sure. I, I mean, we've both, I mean, I we can. fucked with that. I love that shit, but like, and that's, that's just kind of always how it's been. There's been these trends and then it's just, yeah, it, it's, and it's the Gen Z's. So yeah, now now you think about it as like to right now it's kind of um, we're like in this kind of almost Renaissance ish, but not at this. It's like a dark Renaissance era. I don't even know how to describe it right now. Yeah, but it's it's like people want people are searching for that type of music again, especially yeah. younger people, um, yeah. Gen Zers and stuff, and they're like 
that era, like they don't even know that ska was taboo. And also like, right. So they're coming into it fresh. Yeah. And with like being like with the resources available, they're like realizing that ska is not just like a, but like this little niche genre that started in the nineties and died out. It's like, um, the Gen Zs like to do research. I think they sure do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, on, honestly, like, it's like our we would not be where we are right now without like all the young people that are listening to us. Which is why it's like such a huge, 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 huge thing for Capite to play all ages shows mm-hmm. because um, that was like during the pandemic. We did a lot of interviews with um, younger people who are kind of, you know, discovering us and discovering the genre. And like a lot of people like had school projects to do, to, you know, interview a band or whatever, whatever music journalist type people. And the thing that kept coming up is like, you know, all ages shows like, and that was never on our radar. Cause we kind of like meet, you know, playing in bands for so long, you get under the thing, you, you play at your local bar, you get some of the bar. Cut. That's just like how it goes. And yeah. Not a lot of all ages clubs. And no one ever questioned it. Yeah. And then like ever since coming out of that, like we if we have a say in it, it is hundred percent has to be all ages, which we it sucks. Like we literally had to um not do a California tour because it was we were having trouble doing a, all, like all ages every show. Um That's wild. And it's like, but that's that's where we are as a band because it's um young younger generations like the the young people really like us and we really like them because they have fun and like they've really lifted us up as a band um yeah just kind of spreading the word and having fun yeah it's just it's it's very important to us yeah yeah it's dope like i like you know at the uh, i just saw you guys at the exponential music festival and watching like little kids just fucking skanking is like the coolest thing in the world to me like i don't know why (laughs) it's so cool it is so cool (laughs) and like kids they don't have anxiety yet so they're down to just fucking (laughs) (laughs) that's it like you, you play a 21 up show like we've done maybe what three Three twenty-one up shows since like we've been playing shows again post post quote post COVID, um, and the energy is just like it's night and day. Like you know we we and and also like the merch we're selling we're selling half as much merch at like a twenty-one up show, where half of as many people look like they're into it. Um, it's yeah. just it's just a completely different different energy, um, and. Yeah, it's not. It's not. There's. It's not bad energy. No, it's just like you can just tell how refreshing it. Like, I mean, just think back to your the first concert you went to. Like, like me personally, when I went to see Anti Flag at that that first show that I went to, I remember every detail of that show so vividly. And like the the next couple of shows I went to as a kid, like they're just like ingrained in my memory. And then like if I try and think about some of the punk shows that I've been to in the past 10 years, it's, I've been more focused on, you know, getting beer or like my leg hurts or like, you know, shit like that. And it's like, whereas when you're a kid, like that's going to shape you, who you are as a, as a human. And like for us to just like be constantly having these kids and younger people come up to us and be like, you're the first, you're, this is my first ska show, or this is my first show or like all that shit is like, I mean, we're helping them and they're also like keeping us going because that's the coolest shit in the world. It is it is pretty cool. When we when we were in Florida, my best friend from high school came to our show in Orlando. She brought her oldest son, who's like 
11 now and he was like this is my first concert oh that's all awesome. he was wearing a little cat bite yeah, shirt yeah he had a cat bite shirt i was like you're so sick yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so that's cool. cool yeah you- I, I do want to, you, you just mentioned it, and I do want to shout this out. You guys do have absolutely awesome merch, too. Um, you, you, <laughs> Thank you. Your, your shirt game is up to par. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, we have good, we have so many good friends that are artists. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's like something like going into this band, like that we never wanted to skimp out on is like good artwork and like paying our friends good money to like just investing in our friends, like helping spread their artwork, mm-hmm. and but also like, it makes yeah it makes a band like if you have good artwork people wear your shit yeah like, and, I, and we like to like tim was saying like we do have so many like artist friends that we're like we never want to although we do stick with nicole salter who does like our our she did our logo and our both our albums and um yeah she does all of our album artwork yeah and logo, we but. love her and she's probably one of my favorite artists but we but we have so many artist friends that we like to like reach out to them and be like hey we're looking for like a new design for a shirt like let's collab let's do something yeah that's dope that's dope um you you guys uh just uh recently dropped the uh the uh wave breaker number two uh mm-hmm. split um yeah. and it's got the incredible everybody talks uh cover on it have you guys <laughs> heard from neon trees uh, they're, they're, didn't they, the did ba- they followed us on, on Instagram, right? Bass player did. So yeah. The bass player of Neon Trees apparently used to be in a ska band. No way. Turns out, yeah. Um, I don't think, I mean, Neon Trees isn't really active anymore. Yeah, they no. are. I think oh, they, they are? are? No shit. Let me see if they follow us. <laughs> <laughs> One of them definitely did. The I, bass player definitely did. Okay. Maybe they aren't very, I don't know. I haven't really looked up. Neon trees. I'm gonna do that day. thing where, yeah. Uh, but I think they still are playing. Shows. Yeah, lead bassist. Lead bassist. Who says that? <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Neon Trees Campbell. That's his name. Yeah, he, yeah, he started following us. Um, I'm gonna do that thing where I unfollow and then follow. Maybe like to, to yeah. trigger it. I, I, All right, I'm, they don't follow us. So let me let me follow them again. It's so funny. I'm glad I'm not the only person who does that. Like, uh, <laughs> I do that all I the time. I give them a little nudge. Like, yeah. Especially well, if I like, like, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, I think we probably started following them, like, you know, when we were, like, not verified or, like, stuff like that. And, like, if you do it now that we're, like, Instagram verified, I love doing that shit. It's like, they'll see, like, we're a, important. We'll see, like, we're we'll important. Little we'll check mark. And they'll be like, oh, okay. Let me follow them back. Yeah. We'll check yeah. mark. Okay. That's, that's yeah. so, it's so great i uh, uh yeah I'll, I'll do that all the time especially if i like dm somebody i'm like maybe it's just maybe they don't see that dm because yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm a little crazy about that um but uh oh, but but the but not only is the everybody talks uh song uh cover incredible but the music video is absolutely stellar uh what who came up with the concept for the video um, it was like a, a kind of a group collab, but for the most part, it's our friend, um, Perry Shaw, um, who's just like a local legend around Philly, um, <laughs> for artwork and t-shirt collecting. And, um, he's recently gotten to video directing, uh, music video directing. And, um, so he's he, insane. he's insane. I love him. We have the, <laughs> like, so I have like, so I have Timmy brain. That's what we call it. Uh, I come up with most of the stupid ideas for the band and then the band luckily lets me run with it. Um, but most of them. yeah, most of them, some of them, the Tarzan one, I still gotta, but, uh, you know, but, uh, so like Perry, he's got like the same, 
crazy brain. Yeah, he's um, just, he's constantly being like, oh yeah, and and then I just thought of this, and then like trailing off, and it's yeah, just like. It was like, so we had like a group uh, Zoom meeting uh, a while ago and it was just basically me and him just like coming up with ideas like on the spot and just like, yeah, we so we just came up with this. Um, uh, just like it was it was all based on this comment that we hear pretty frequently, but mostly, um, uh, I mean, we just hear a lot. Uh, just like people will be like, I don't like Scott, but I like Cat Bite. And it's like, well, you do like ska because we're right. uh, we're a ska band, um, so it's kind of just like based off of that thing that just keeps happening. Um, that's kind of what started this whole thing, and that we now we have a shirt for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it's such a cute video. It's it, so it turned good. out really fun. It was really fun to shoot. Uh, very like a lot of moving equipment around because we were literally like we did the whole shoot at our friend. Um, Kay's uh, parents house in um, Delco in Delco and yeah we basically had to set up and dismantle all of our gear in like every single room of the house and do like two or three different takes in every single room and it was a long fucking day it was sick <laughs> yeah, it, it was sick good. I love doing video shoots that's awesome that's definitely worth it like it turned out turned out absolutely incredible um <laughs> so are you, are you guys working on a, a follow-up uh, album at this point or getting there getting there yeah. i'm uh yeah we have some time off this winter uh we're taking a couple months off of touring uh and i think we're gonna use that time to write some stuff no no i mean it's gonna happen obviously we're not sure we're not we're stop we're not stopping now we're just getting started but yeah we're um we don't have any like uh definite plans in the book but yeah basically this winter because we've been non-stop this whole year like <laughs> like literally non-stop so like we're gonna take like a couple months to like regroup i'm getting a surgery so it's like I, i'm recovering from that anyways too so it's like kind of perfect and write some songs demo some songs and then kind of come up with a game plan for 2023 because we're gonna go harder next year it's awesome I'm, I'm really excited to hear what comes next because like you know i i love the first album but the growth from the first album to the second album like there's just there's an energy like yeah. that it has exploded and like i said seeing you guys live right now like uh, that energy is just not stopping like it's just <laughs> growing you. and growing and growing uh i love it it's uh it's so dope thank you, thank you. Um, the, um, any, any horns, are we bringing any horns in, in the future? I mean, not, well, so like, I, like, I think not for shows. Yeah. Not for shows. No, um, like I, I think we've all kind of had this idea. Like we like having subtle, like we all like horns, but like subtly. And it's always kind of been our thing to like, have a little bit of horn sprinkled on the album mm-hmm. and then just be able to like kind of interpret our album differently um when we perform it live so like sometimes like we actually we we played in atlanta a couple weeks ago and jeremy hunter from uh aka scotch network they they were we had them come up with us and they literally played horns for like six seven songs yeah. during the set and just like you know it was like cool like sick we got fucking trombone and uh uh fugal horn yeah um fugal horn no, did i say frugal horn you said fugal fugal horn um 
So, yeah, I mean, like, and also, like, whenever we're playing shows with our friends who have horn players, we'll be like, yo, can you come up during this song and rip a solo? Yeah. And it's always just kind of, it creates a little bit of a, you know, just makes our shows different from one show to the other. You never know what you're going to get because, like, you know, we have solo sections and it's like if our horn player, if our horn friends there, they'll rip it. If they're not, I'll rip it. Or like, fuck it, maybe keyword will rip it tonight. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's always like the, the recording is like our uh, initial kind of uh, brainchild of these songs. And then, then like the next year or two of shows is just our interpretation of that and letting it grow in different ways. And that's what I've always really loved about certain bands that are able to do that where they, you know, cause like, you know, your album is kind of like your masterpiece on paper, but then like you get to perform it and just interpret it in different ways. And like, depending on your situation, like, you know, it may be like this, we're doing this big headline show in Philly and it's like, we got a bunch of homies maybe, and we have time. Maybe we'll like, have horns. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have like, maybe we'll do lipstick lines. Should we? Oh uh, yeah. Maybe never. Yeah. That song's we've never happen. done that live. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's kind of how it's always been. And I think that's kind of how it's going to continue to be. And like, you never like me, you know, it just kind of gives us a lot of options. And it's like, you know, there's still, there's always the core four of us. Um, mostly five lately because like it's so much doper when you know brit's just singing and not playing keys but yeah it's, it's just it's more fun and like we have so many friends and just like that's always kind of been our thing is just collabing with our friends and uh you know just growing the scene because like if we're bringing someone on stage then they're getting some attention and that'll help grow whatever they're behind and stuff and yeah the um you, you you just mentioned it um you know uh bringing bringing Kenny uh, on shows to play to play keys uh, do do you enjoy being freed freed of the keyboard and to be able to stalk the stage yeah i mean i i do really enjoy playing the keys but um you know my like main instrument is my voice and like that's what i went to school for and yeah. that's what i feel like i have like honed the most uh yeah. you know my of my abilities towards um and also like i love performing um and like just like the energy of performing um is is something really special for me so plus kenny rips shit on the keyboards yeah so like i can't I, how can i be like upset when like i have kenny ripping over here <laughs> and i can just be like running around like a crazy person yeah it's like the best of both worlds it's night and day plus like it's it was weird as shit when we were four piece because like i'd be in the front and center and then brit be over to the side of the keys because we didn't want keys in the middle of the stage right. and then i'm yeah. like trying to go what wild and shit on stage but like i don't want to up st- like stage her Cause like, you know, she's yeah. the voc the, like the lead vocalist, like she, <laughs> the tension needs to be on her, but I'm not trying to stand still. So I had to like always be very self aware of like how much energy I'm projecting from stage, which yeah, is like is definitely a lot more freedom available with, yeah. with like Kenny playing keys. Yeah. Festivons playing keys. Yeah. Cause now it's like me and Ben on either side of Brit kind of in the back going wild. And then Brit's doing her shit. Like we're all, and like Kenny's doing his shit or Esteban's doing his shit. And then Chris is just drumming real good. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, we've, it's, we've hit the per, we found it. Like we found our stage, energy and presence and stuff and yeah 
that's that's like, that's really interesting how it affects you as well. Like I would have never even put that to mind, but it completely makes sense. Yeah, I also overthink everything, so like all that shit's like in my brain. I'm like, I can't have too much fun, like, but I want to still look like I'm having fun, like. So I was like, I can't even fuck, focus on what I'm doing on this, on the guitar and shit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, real quick, I would be remiss without saying it. Uh, shout out to Kenny for uh, Beth Has Secrets, which is uh, another song that I'm absolutely obsessed with. Um, yes. that, that track is so killer. Uh, Kenny is amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so cool. Well, at this time, do you guys want to go through the jauntlet? These are my questions that I end every episode with. Um, yeah. It starts with the one-hit wonders. Um, we'll just bounce back and forth. We'll go uh, Billy Joel or Elton John. Elton, oh, Elton John. Billy Joel. Oh, okay. A, a little disagreement. <laughs> I want to cover that song so fucking bad. I'd love to do a Billy yeah. Joel cover. Well, yeah, we can do it. I, I mean, I like Billy Joel, but like Elton John just rocks so much harder. He Next- rock. They both rock, okay? <laughs> All right. Next question. So, you know, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, great cover, but Philadelphia Freedom would be a stellar. Uh, I guess that makes sense because we live in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, next one, uh, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? Debbie Ooh. Harry. I think Debbie. Ah, uh, that's that's uh, yeah, Debbie Harry. Okay, yeah, respect. Like respect. it, like by a hair. They're both like so fucking badass. Holy shit! To me, that's the hardest one. Um, that's that a really rough one. Here. Yeah. Uh, next one, Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner? Tina Turner. Yeah, Tina Turner. I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Ugh, Nirvana. Nirvana. Pearl Jam is my least favorite fucking (laughs) band in the world. I can't stand them. I don't like them either. That's I just we just I just recently talked to uh, Greg Seltzer from the uh, Philly Music Fest and he was like I don't know how to politely put this but I'm just not into Pearl Jam and I was like you just you danced around that so well that yeah. was very polite the way yeah you said it. I fucking hate Pearl Jam I'm sorry if that's you like, like that, my sister's like... favorite band and my sister voted for Trump so oh no <laughs> well, how does that happen. Don't, we're, we can't get started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, whole, yeah. That's a whole thing, thing, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Oh. Mm. I think Janis Joplin. Joplin. Stop. Yeah, look at you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're on it. You're on it. I love it. Uh, the Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. Uh I feel like I, you would so, say Stones. Stones, if you asked me like two years ago, I've uh, like very much lately grown way more of appreciation for the Beatles. Um, I I think I just like, I don't know what it is. Like that their songs are actually really fucking hard we, and not. A well, I, see, I don't like, I don't like hard songs. That's why I hate when Ben writes songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I feel like people think of the Beatles as just like, uh, yeah. I mean, no, they're, I think they're both really good. I was just really into the stones for a minute. Like the, um, I can't remember the name of the album now. That's how much I don't care anymore. Damn. I think I just like, I think I just lost respect for them because they're all fucking douchebags. And, well, yeah. You, you know, you, it's what's the old, uh, you uh, live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Beatles. Yeah, I love it. Uh, last one of the one hit wonders Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody by far. Oh my yeah. God. I'm in it. I'm in Songs. It. God, Queen rules. 
They absolutely. Uh, my um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. My uh, my my intro to guitar, like the the reason I the one thing I wanted to do when I learned how to play guitar was um, just learn the solo for "We Will Rock You." <laughs> it's the only reason I wanted to play because I was just like, yeah. oh, it'd be so cool, like when we're all like at a sports event to just like pull out my guitar and just start shredding the solo <laughs> like that. Like that's something that could happen. Yeah, one day. One day. Could, one day. Could happen. <laughs> yeah, follow your dreams, kids. Uh, so the second half of this is the top 10 countdown. Um, as I said in the email, uh, I, you know, you know this. You can use John to be whatever you want it to be. But uh, number okay. one, what was your first John? What was the first thing you were obsessed with when you were younger? Tarzan soundtrack. In sync. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't In Sync on the Tarzan soundtrack? They are. On- <laughs> yeah. Look at that. On the, uh, banging on the drums. No, trash in the camp. Oh, trash, so on there's the there's <laughs> there's trash in the camp with Rosie O'Donnell, and then there's trash in the camp with Insync. The Insync one, <laughs> but, oh my god. Yeah, there but there's also a live version of Phil Collins on the Rosie O'Donnell show doing the the trash in the camp with Rosie O'Donnell live. Look it up. <laughs> I'm oh. in it. A minute. You know what? If there's one thing I learned, there is there is no faking your love for this Tarzan soundtrack. Like, He's a little obsessed. It's just it's whatever. I get it. It's I get it. Was, it, it's it, was it was literally. It's like like torture. Like just being like pushed. Like I don't know. I listened to it on and just over and over and over for like ten hour car rides. <laughs> So like you put it on and just my mouth just starts going and I know every single word. I'm like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Like we were driving in Florida the other day, like a couple weeks ago and put it on. And I just like, it was like, I could, it was like, I did a line of fucking speed. I was just like, <laughs> boom, boo-doo, boo-doo. like, yeah. I love, awesome. it. I love it. Uh, number two, what's your current John? What are you into right now? Oh, new Paramore. Paramore has a new song. This is why. Woo! It's so good. I'm obsessed. It's real. I think it's really different from what they normally sound like, and I really like it. Uh. <sighs> shit. What am I into now? Uh. Steve O podcast. Actually, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> the wild ride with Stevo. I it's brilliant. Did not expect it's him really to be good. such a great podcast host. Holy shit! We uh, I think I, I like randomly it like popped up um, uh, because like I've been watch I've been listening to well, watching. I'm a creep of the um, it's always funny podcast, which is great. That really got me into podcasts, like extra into podcasts lately. And then uh, those were just coming out too infrequently, and I'm like, oh, Stevo has like. 3,000 fucking podcasts. Let me listen to one. And that's like all I listen to at work. And it's, it's, it's a really good. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. And like, it's a, like, I've kind of, uh, I relate to Steve a lot. Um, in his like insane business, like always on like needing to like constantly be busy. And like, cause like now he's sober, like 15 years sober at this point, And like, or 12 years sober or something. And like, he's just like one of those type of people that's just like constantly pushing himself and like coming up with new innovative things. And he talks about that a lot in the podcast. And I'm just like, it kind of just like inspires me because I'm like very much the same way. And like always like kind of thinking outside the box, to like further the, the brand and like in this case, cat, but and it's like, um, yeah, I, yeah. I was not not expecting that from Stevo. 
Yeah, and he's he's such a, a an incredible interviewer too. Like exactly, and, and, and yeah. It's like and 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 not just in um you know asking great questions and stuff like that, but like where topics had like um I I think the the first one I listened to was um he had Jay Muse on um, from Jay and Silent Bob because I have like yeah. a passing quasi friendship with Kevin Smith, so I was like oh, wow. it came up in my YouTube suggestions so i was like oh let me check it out and then it was like a ra- it, like, like i went down the rabbit hole then i was like yeah. oh Corey feldman was on let me watch Corey feldman or exactly. uh, you yeah. know uh, stephanie tanner it, i gotta watch this you know like, he has like everyone from like yeah. way like every corner of the earth like you know ufc fighters to uh like like uh poopies poopies <laughs> the, <from> the <laughs> cast of jackass oh, yeah like, like uh paris um Paris Jackson, like Michael Jackson's daughter. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's it, like, I started obviously like with the people I know. And then now I've kind of caught up on all this. Now I'm listening to people. I don't even, I have no idea who they are, but I'm just like, just as interested. And that's like how, you know, it's like a really good podcast. If they're able to pull you in and I have no idea who the fuck this guest is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's my John. Uh, number three, what was your first concert? Well, we know, uh, uh, that, uh, you know, we, we Bon Jovi. Yeah. Well, actually I think it, so I thought about it some more and I think it actually was Elton John, but I was like, I, I like, I went to, I don't just, I have zero memory of it. I was like four. And then the first one that I have a memory of was Bon Jovi at the Hershey Park arena in Hershey PA. That's crazy. My first concert that I remember was uh, David Bowie at Hershey Park. No shit. Wow. That's, that's Park way cooler. That's cool. Well, Mine the was one in sync. yours was in sync. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The um the my my one that I was at that I don't remember though was I think I was two and uh, my parents took me to the Philadelphia Zoo because uh, they wanted to go see the Talking Heads and that's the Talking so cool. Heads performed at the Philadelphia Zoo and that's I don't remember it but I so guess I was cool. there. That's crazy. <laughs> that's so cool. That's and uh, really cool. <laughs> and. And I'm going to tell, I might have told this before, but a very funny NSYNC story. My dad took my sister and her best friend to see NSYNC. And um, because of these obvious uh, crowd, um, the men's rooms, all of the men's rooms were being used by women um, because because it was, you know, just overloaded. And my dad had to go to the bathroom and he he always loved telling the story. So he went into the men's room and he just started going to the bathroom. And uh, uh, some woman was like, can't you see there's girls in here? And he was like, and clearly none of them can read a sign. And I was like, oh, dad, you got jokes. Like, <laughs> That's funny. I actually, I recently did that at a buck. Uh, yeah. Were we at a Bucky's? Yeah, Bucky's in, in Texas. In the Texas, line because the line was the out line the was door to the women's. Ridiculous. And the men's line had like. Ten people in it. Yeah. So and I was funny. like, I'm, I'm not waiting in that line. And then I got in the line and all the guys are just like. <laughs> No one, no one said anything to me. They no. just all stared. They were just like, and then if I like caught them looking, they were like, oh. Look, I understand the safety of gendered bathrooms, but it's just a weird concept. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a really so weird dumb. concept. I'm it's, sorry, you can't pee in that toilet. No, like, <laughs> what? That's weird. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, like that. Some of them are using the urinals, and I'm like, all right, I'm just waiting. It's either that, or you're gonna just fucking piss outside next to the gas pump. So it's like, might as well go to the bathroom. Like, I gotta go. I got. I'm gonna go. That's like when you go to a bath, go like pull out the one gas station within a hundred miles, and you're like, hey, do you have a bathroom? And like, 
and it's only for uh, only for like people that work here. And we're like, all right, and literally we just all just like go outside and just piss on the sidewalk. Piss on the like, side. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> could have, you you could have saved that. You could yeah. have saved that. <laughs> um, number four. What was your last concert? What was the last uh, big show you went to? The last one that we went, that both of us went to, that we didn't play. Uh, we saw the Linda Lindas and our good friends Bacchae. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Bacchae is amazing fucking band. They're from DC. They're actually opening our two headline shows um, in Philly and Brooklyn. Um, amazing, just like rock and roll, um, cool shit. Um, and they were on tour opening for the Linda Lindas, which are like, if you're not, I'm, yeah, you you know who they are. They're like, they're so cool. bunch of fucking like. 12 to 18 year old i think 17 she just turned 18 oh yeah crazy uh and they rock so fucking i was yeah, like really really cool we like because it's been a while like we really just don't go to shows a lot unless we're playing them because we're just constantly touring and we just don't we work all the time and like we made it a point to go see it just mostly because our friends were opening and also just really wanted to see like the Linda Linda's like that what they stand for is just so cool. Like a bunch of young girls, like, you know, uh, just fucking kicking ass and uh, writing songs about their cats. Yeah. And uh, like they just like watching them. I got so happy and so excited. It just like kind of gave me this little spark that I was kind of that was kind of fizzling out and just like. I don't know, like the whole, you know, just playing shows that everything just kind of is getting a little routine. And just to see these four girls like having so much fun on stage and like doing it just out of pure fucking love for doing it. And like, it, I was just like, all right, this is the coolest thing ever. And it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a very good show. Oh, awesome. I love it. Uh, number five, what was your favorite concert? What was the best show you ever went to? Oh my goodness. Um I I don't know if it's my favorite but it definitely has stuck out over the years. Um uh I saw this band called uh they're called the Local Natives and they're like this indie I don't know, they're like indie rock uh, experimental. I don't know, that's like not on par with like most of the shit I listen to. I was really into them for a little bit and I saw them at the electric factory, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago and their live show. It, it just was something that just like, it was like, it was crazy. Like I wasn't even drinking or on drugs or nothing. And I was just like, it was like the most mesmerized I've ever been like at a show. Um, Just like their harmonies and their, how tight they were. And then like the lighting effects that they had and, just like the whole show was just like so good. Dope. Yeah. That's cool. My mine's like kind of similar in, in the aspect of like the, the like production of it, I guess. Um, I think my favorite show, I mean, there's so many really, really awesome shows that I've seen, but I saw Sigaros when they came to Orlando oh. and I cried at that <laughs> show. Yeah. And I don't like cry at shows <laughs> normally, <laughs> but it was so like overwhelming and like, just like, I mean, the music itself is so like huge and like fucking like encompassing and like really, um, I don't know, like ethereal, you know, just like really, really cool. Um, 
and then and they and I went with my friend Melody. I went with Melody actually, mm. and um, it was just really really beautiful. And I cried, and it's it's a really good show. <laughs> That's awesome. I love yeah. it. You know, um, I, I, I've I've cried. I cried at one concert, and it was um, the very first live show I went to after the pandemic. Like mm, once yeah. it started, I was just I was so overwhelmed because I was yeah. just like it had nothing to do with anything other than oh my god! Just loud. I, I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to ever see a live show again. Like I yeah. really didn't know what what was going to happen. You know, and like yeah, sure. it just got to me. Like I was just like we did. Yeah. It. Just like, <laughs> Overwhelming feeling of joy. Yeah, Yeah, man. Uh, Number six, who have you never seen live that you wish you would have? Uh, They can be living or dead. The Clash. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I have always wanted to see Michael Jackson. Oh, damn, yeah. Yeah, the um, yeah, uh, the the uh, the the Clash played a show in Philly in the '80s, um, opening, I believe, for the Who. And yeah. I was just like, that's got to be like the most uh, ferocious live show that ever existed. Like, Probably, yeah. Um, and I think the Hooters maybe opened for them. Um, no way. Yeah. Yo, the, 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 the singer now. of the Hooters just started following <laughs> us on Instagram and Twitter. And has been, like he messaged us. And that's uh, dope. And he like retweeted something because I like dropped the like how the, we are, the Hooters are our favorite Philly band, like ska band or whatever. And they like retweeted it, and I was like, "No fucking way!" Like they know who we are. So, uh, Hooters, Catbite, Cloud. That's <laughs> dope. I love it, That'd dude. Uh, Make it happen. Yeah. I um, I uh, I, we had uh, Andy King on the show, who was the bass player during the uh, '80s run of the Hooters. Okay. And um, I, I met him because we're both disc golf players. Um, so, oh, yeah. so, so you know, uh, maybe I'll, I'll hit him up a little bit. Uh, push, push some yeah. buttons there the um but but yes um uh, i'll have to send this to you but um michael jackson uh when i was a kid that was my that was my everything i have pictures of me uh with the beat it jacket and the zippers and the- oh my gosh yeah. that was i was a that was a that was a tough one uh yeah. number seven name a uh unappreciated john something you wish uh, had more shine to it olives oh yeah yeah, all those are fucking rad, and I think like you pe- want them to be more shiny. Or <laughs> now, are you a, are you a green olive, a black olive, um, all those purple kinds, all all the above? Okay, all yeah. of those. All olives. <laughs> yeah. I just recently got into olives. Those ones that I brought home to you. What yeah. kind are those? I don't know. Green and really delicious. But they're yeah, they're green, but they're not like regular green ones. They're like smaller and like very salty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, I like talking. olives. I'm go to the bathroom real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm I'm just going to continue so this. Quick. Yeah, take okay. your time. I'm going to continue this olive thing real quick. I'm, 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 I, I dig olives, but um, uh, not on things. Yeah, um, I don't like they're... I don't like them on things. I like well at work we have like an olive dish, and these olives that I I brought them home because Tim really likes olives. They're like very salty and like kind of cheesy tasting. Hmm. And really, really, really good. But normally, I don't like olives, especially yeah. if they're if they're in my food. I can I can dig that. I can yeah. dig that. Uh, do you have an unappreciated John? Um, trying to think, trying to think. Um, oh, sheets coffee. Oh, a sheets person. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. I feel like lots of people think Wawa's coffee is really good, but I think sheets coffee is 
delicious. Yeah, I um, I, you know, Wawa coffee completely went downhill, if you ask me. Um, I I agree. I feel like they all the all the like roasts are the same roast. Yeah, with, like, different labels. One hundred percent sheets. You can taste the different roasts. Try Look, a little I- bit. They'll, they'll, they're going to kick me out. They're going to kick me out of the the, the area. But uh, I, I prefer a sheets. I yeah, like a sheets. Yeah, me too. I, when I went to college, that's all that was around was uh, was sheets. And uh, I actually i wrote <laughs> I wrote this song. Um, it's it's a stupid it's a oh, stupid no, stupid fast. song. Um, it was it was in my in my uh, ska punk time. But it was called um, uh, "Dump Dump Your Fucking Asshole Boyfriend," a sophisticated love song. And in it, there's a line. Um, uh, I never minded walking you to sheets and uh, I wrote it when I was out of school and then I came home and no one had a fucking clue what they were like. Did, were you talking about taking her to bed? And I'm like, no, sheets is like a, well, never mind, forget about it. But yeah. So yeah, respect she, to sheets. Sheets rules. Yeah. Yeah. She's, well, wait, did you t- say about get go? Oh. Our new best friend, get go. It's basically a sheets, but in like so much fucking better in the Midwest, I guess. Well, yeah, it's it's like so it's like Pittsburgh based, I think. Um, uh, because yeah, sheets is like Altoona, yeah, and you know, walk. There's a blue dot. Yeah, it's just a blue decal. There's like a little blue dot on our dog. It's fine. Oh. Uh, it's from a sticker from work. He, he goes to work with me on Tuesdays. Um, but yeah, it's called get go. And it's, uh, it's like in F- Pittsburgh and surrounding areas through like Ohio and stuff. And it's ha- pretty good. I still think sheets is better, but although they, they offer like beyond was, stuff, they have or, beyond- like, like they have like a full plant-based menu and, Sheets doesn't have. I think they used to, and they took it off. Yeah. So that's mm. one thing for like Chris, who's the vegan in our band. He can like actually get something from there. But their coffee, I got coffee from there. It was good, but it wasn't as good as Sheets. All right, Sheets has better coffee. Sheets, yeah. So say, coffee Sheets definitely has better than Wawa's trash. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Forget about it. Like it's fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Gecko. It, it was it was like literally right next to our hotel after our show in Pittsburgh. So we went there. We went to so many fucking places to try and get food. It was like a total disaster. We didn't eat all day on Saturday when we played our show in Pittsburgh. And then like, finally we get to the hotel after, and then like, whoa, there's this gas station right next to the hotel. So maybe that's why it tastes so good. Cause we like did not eat all day, <laughs> but I had this impossible burger, uh, like customize it a hundred percent. And like, I don't know. I, it was like the best thing I've eaten in, that's very good. It was so good. Oh, I love it. Respect. Um, number eight. Uh, name a fam- favorite album. Oh my goodness. A favorite or the favorite? Yeah, sure. The we'll go the. Right. No. No. All right. I'm gonna go with or a favorite. favorite. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um. So you got yours. You go. What are you going with? Um. Yeah. I, okay. I don't, that's so hard. Yeah. All right. So should I go? Right, I got two. So uh, one, tell me A or B. Let's do B. All right. B. All right. So B is um, the clash is give them enough rope. Love it. Yeah. Uh, what was A? Because uh, I was going to have to ask. <laughs> Elvis Costello's uh, My Aim is True. Also an incredible um, album. Yeah. Th- those are like the two records that like really... 
influenced my songwriting and guitar playing a lot. Um, like like Mick Jones and Elvis are like Costello are like very much uh, like my guitar um, influences. They're they're not really. My, I mean like. I mean, if you want to go with my heroes, like Sister Rosetta Tharp, but like those two are like kind of the ones that like I've kind of modeled a lot of my guitar playing and like arranging uh, off of those, like, you know, those, and then just like Joe Strummer's lyrics and stuff. And it's kind of, you know, define my musical taste. Yeah, it makes sense. It tracks. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd probably go with. Um... It's so hard. But I think I would go with Brand New Eyes by Paramore. It's a good album. Yeah, it's good. That's the one I like, right? It's like front to back, every song, huh? That's the one I like, right? Uh, That's the one you play the most. Which one's that? I don't know. Brand New Eyes is the one with the butterfly on it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it that one? Okay. Are you thinking of Riot? Riot is also a really good one. Well, Riot's... Brand New Eyes was like... I don't know. It's it like at a very like formative time in my life, I think. And um, I just would like listen to that album nonstop and like, oh, yes, that one. I don't know. I, I think I was just like, like at a very emotional time in my life listening to that album. So it's a, it's a good one. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, number nine, name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they release. Paramore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for you. Yeah. Um, shit. Um, that's rough. That's a hard one. Um, or Jeff Rosenstock. Yeah, that's actually yeah. That's that's who it is for me. Jeff Rosenstock. Jeff is the best. Yeah, like everything from Bond the Music Industry, Arrogant Sons of Bitches, to just the Jeff Rosenstock band or all of his random shit, like, or even like the music he does for um, Cartoon Network for Craig of the Creek. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I like, yeah, yeah, Jeff Rosenstock. That's awesome. Did you, uh, he, he was on um, the uh, uh, Linka Franca album. We had Linka Franca on, and uh, they, they released an album, uh, Bell Ringer, um, and Jeff's on a track, and it's just, it's phenomenal. Like, it's just so good. Uh, shit, I didn't know that. Uh, I'll send you a link. It's, it, that right, that cool, album's yeah. incredible, too. Yeah, I dig that. It's like um, um, uh, dope uh, hip-hop. Like it's uh it's but like it's got an edge to it. I dig it. Nice. Oh, shit. Yeah, please send me that. I, awesome. I've not heard that, so yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. number oh number ten. Uh, what is your favorite John of all time? Can be anything you want it to be. Chocolate chip cookies. Oh, good one. Route. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, wait. The the get go had chop these chocolate chip cookies. Get go gas station. Yeah. Cookies. Ooh, I were, think about them since like ever since. Yeah, we were eating them the left. whole way back to Philly. Um, mm. Okay, so I like. Ta- I think it, I think it's tacos. Yeah, yeah. Just there, you know, there's so many different routes you can go with tacos. Um, you know, I want to say like pizza sometimes, but yeah, I think, I think I mean food. It's definitely food. It's my favorite genre. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm just going to go with tacos and, you know, it just depending on how I'm feeling, you know. 
enough. You know? I love it. Have you ever been to um, any of the El Limones? Um, there's there's one in Conchahawken. There's one here. I'm in Ambler. Uh, there's one in Ambler. Um, they make killer killer tacos um all oh. all all their food is all authentic mexican food super mm. super good super good no we never been we what go. what's it called el limon el limon yeah if you're ever if you're ever in the ambler area you hit me up we'll we'll, we'll go we'll let's, go get some tacos let's do that mm. Mm. down a minute a minute. Um, so you you guys um, uh, got the uh, big show at uh, First Unitarian uh, Church on the eleventh yes. of November. Um, how excited are you for that? Oh, I'm so fucking excited and so nervous at the same time. It's nervous. it's like it's only our second ever headline show in Philly, and it's um, you know we went from Philomoca to like this gigantic step. Um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly what she said. I, I, I would I would love to sell it out, but I, I also would just love to like sell it pretty well. Yeah, I mean it's it's such a big step <laughs> up. Um out. but it's also like uh such a legendary venue. Um it also has so so much of a history with like Philadelphia ska or just like the ska scene, which I completely missed. I moved to Philly in two thousand nine which is like exactly when all the ska scene just like fucking dissipate, just disappeared. And so I just like have all these um, stories from people telling me about like, yeah, we'd go to the church, we'd see the slackers and we'd see like mustard plug and like every ska band in the world would, they, they would, it was, that's what our five used to do is like, they would do ska shows at the church and then it died. And I like missed that. So it's like, uh, it just seems it's so fitting. And also, um what's our dog doing dog being weird um it just seems like it's just like such a huge thing for us to like kind of we're kind of like the band that's bringing ska back to philadelphia i feel like and what better way to do it at than at the church all ages show byob cheap tickets wxpn presents r5 presents it's literally like um yeah it's just and like an awesome lineup too it's our our friends Bacchae who was talking about before and our friends take today who are um from jersey they're just um two great bands and sammy dope and i'm excited it's gonna be like it's gonna be a fun opportunity for us to like kind of step up our live show even a little bit more because it's like you know our second ever philly headline show and like you know Yeah. yeah like we're not just like trying to just do shows like show after show after show like we want to make especially in philly like yeah try not to play philly too much too yeah often. and like we've had a, a handful of like philadelphia area shows but they're not like you know our show and like right we want to make this very special literally like all all day this today i was like brainstorming ideas for like cool like uh stage like props and stuff like <laughs> i have this idea like you know, uh, I, I don't know if you're aware, but like a lot of bigger bands these days, when you see a bunch of guitar cabs and shit on stage, they're all empty. It's all yeah. it's all props. And like not a lot of people know that. But I think a lot of people are realizing that now. And like it's it's like kind of silly. And like I always use a tiny little amp and Ben, our bass player, uses a little amp. I kind of want to just like build these massive, stupid, like weird shaped like out of like cardboard like 
guitar cabs and shit and it's like have a wall of amps but they're all like they look stupid as shit and like i don't know i got ideas mm-hmm. they won't look stupid it'll be good okay. i'll put effort in it sounds epic <laughs> i love it yeah. um you, you you just mentioned something there um wxpn big supporters of you guys uh yeah. I, how did that come about just uh that relationship honestly no idea they they um they picked up our song call your bluff and started playing it a bunch and well our drummer chris is um a bartender at world cafe live um i think he's given he has had given our cd like once it came out like once the album dropped he gave the cd to somebody but nothing really like no one really like latched on to us so I mean, John, recently. John Batiste has always been a John big Batiste, supporter yeah. who does the morning, the, the local sh- stuff. Um, uh-huh. And like, I think he started playing Call Your Bluff uh, when we released it as a single and um, someone must have heard it. I mean, now like Kristen Curtis is like our biggest fan, which is so cute. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just like it just seems to like uh, someone, uh, John played it and then like someone else one of the other DJs, I think, I know Robert Drake was onto us pretty early on. Yeah. Um, and then I guess just kept getting passed around until we ended up like, you know, on the fucking like, you know, the morning show with Chris and Curtis and like all the other, like the, the big name DJs started playing it. And yeah, it, it's, it's like, we're super thankful for them. Like they're, they're great. All of them are great people mm-hmm. and it means a lot, you know? <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. I love it so much. Um, I do have one final question. And uh, my fiance, uh, I asked her, uh, she's not home. And uh, we were talking on the phone. And I said, hey, you got any questions for Catbite? And uh, as she had one question. And she was like, no, don't ask it. And I was like, no, tell me what your question is. Do and it. it is it is this. Here we go. Uh, Britt, she wants to know uh, who does your hair. Um. <laughs> okay. Um, one of my really good friends, Gina, she works at Barnett Fair in Old City. Um, she's the best. I've been going to her since, um, basically since they opened. Yeah. Well, before well, that, yeah, I, I, I went to her salon that she worked at before in South Philly called modify. Um, this has to be like, I don't know, like six, six, six years, years ago. Or I think yeah. she worked there and then Barnett fair was opening and she was like, Hey, I'm moving to the salon. Like you totally don't have to follow me cause it's an old city. And like, it could be like, you know, tough to get there. I was like, girl, I'm going to follow you to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Um, my hair is looking rough right now because I haven't seen her in a bit. But yeah, Gina is the best. Yeah, just Barnett Fair in general. But I, everybody at Barnett Fair is so good and very talented and all really cool people. But yeah, it's at uh, second and race. Second and Arch. It's like second and or no third and cherry. Yeah, third. Sorry, third and cherry in Old City, Philadelphia. Great spot. I I've gotten my hair done there a lot too. Um, Shout out to Gina. Yeah, but Gina's the homie. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. She'll be so happy that I asked that question. Or yeah. she'll hate me for doing it. I don't know. One of the other, you know, it could be. It <laughs> no, could be that's, anything. I mean, we're, yeah, we're stoked. Like, that's, I mean, that's our thing is having cool hair. Except for right now. We're both, I know, like, we both have terrible hair. We've been hair. too busy touring. It's like we haven't had a second to fix our hair, but we're getting done. <laughs> that's awesome. So, if anybody listening to this podcast would like to track you guys down, what's the best way to find you on the internets? Um, all the social yeah the social we're extremely active on social media um instagram twitter and facebook or um go to catbite.net 
it's our website and literally anything you could want is there. You, it just takes you to the thing. It's like, here's our tour dates. Here's our merch store. Here is where to buy our albums. It's got all the links at the bottom to the socials. Yeah. But, um, all the, all the socials are the same cat bite band, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for doing this interview. Not just for doing this interview, but for creating dope, dope music, um, feel good music, and the kind of stuff that just gets absolutely stuck in my head. Is there anything you'd like to leave these fine people with this evening? Uh, Stay skanking. Yeah, do that. My thanks again to Tim and Britt for joining me on the show today. Catbite will be headlining the First Unitarian Church on Friday, November 11th. Tickets are still available. You will not want to miss this show. Their new split 12-inch with Mike Park, Wavebreaker Number 2, is available now wherever you get your music from. Or you can buy honest-to-goodness physical media straight from the source by visiting Catbite's Bandcamp page at catbite.bandcamp.com. And you can follow them on the socials at CatBiteBand on Instagram and Twitter. As always, links to all of these are in the show notes. If you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And gang, it's never too late to get yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the previous episodes of this podcast. And while you are there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight to your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yo that's my John and search yo that's my John on YouTube to find the yo that's my John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. Thanks yet again for lending me your ears, you guys. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be... Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo that's my john at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. <laughs>